The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to the Midweek Mailbag. We are back here pridedetroit.com, twitch.tv slash pridedetroit, where we're live answering your Lions questions every Wednesday, typically around 12.30 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> Today, we're doing a little nightcap. We're doing a, an evening stream uh uh, prime time, you know, since the Lions are getting all these prime time games, we've now for <laughs> for one week moved the midweek mailbag to prime time. Uh, my name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the producer, beat writer for Detroit, uh, for Pride of Detroit. Uh, you can find me at Detroit online <laughs> uh, for the entire city of, of Detroit. Um, nice. With me, as always, as you're hearing on the other end, uh, is the managing editor of Pride of Detroit, also Detroit Lions beat writer. For Pride of Detroit, at Eric Schlitt on Twitter. Eric Schlitt in his fancy new Detroit, Lion, Detroit Tigers Ooh, hat is here. How are we yeah. doing, Eric? I finally got my upgrade. <laughs> it's it's nice to see you in some fresh clothes, man. I, I, I was fearful that you've been wearing the same clothes, maybe not just the hat, but everything since about 1980. <laughs> the hat was old. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. It was... Uh, it was the kind of hat that could have gone to uh, OTAs by itself. That's how old it was. <laughs> it would have been the oldest player out there, too. <laughs> uh, but speaking of OTAs, Eric, uh, they are underway in Allen Park. Uh, no media access yet, but uh, let's just say right. it's in incoming shortly. And so I got a sense uh, when we put out a question or, or, or call for questions here that there was kind of a renewed spirit of energy here. People are getting excited for OTAs. So uh, let's jump into the questions here. As always, you can submit uh, questions to us via Twitter. Uh, use, the, use the hashtag SPOD, or you can just submit them on a Wednesday and I'll probably see them. Uh, let's start here with Colin Guy at KW Colin on Twitter asks, after solid rookie campaigns, what are reasonable expectations for James Houston and Aiden Hutchinson to be considered, quote, taking the next step. I like this question a lot because mm-hmm. I would say, well, James Houston, obviously way exceeded expectations. Aiden yeah. Hutchinson, I would say at, at the very least met expectations, probably exceeded expectations as well. So yeah. I think there's, there's a natural, maybe I don't want to say concern, but like maybe they're a little bit closer to this, their ceiling than we expected them to be at this point. Oh, I, I don't know about close to the ceiling, but I do think they're further along. Sure. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, I think with Hutchison, you're you're hoping for an uptick in, you know, basically all of his stats, right? Like that that should be the expectation. And and 
that's going to be a little harder to do than I think people really, you know, are, are assuming, right? Because yeah. he's not a guy who is this tear the offensive line down on his way to the quarterback in 15 sacks in a season type of type of player. He's, he's a balanced player who does a lot of things and, and a lot of things that don't show up in the stat sheet. And he's going to get a lot more attention this year than he has, uh, than he did as a rookie. So, but even despite that extra attention, I still think the expectation is, is he should see a level uh, up, you know, from a statistical standpoint as well. As far as Houston, though, I think you're looking for Houston to get more balance, right? Right. We've seen that he can be this dynamic pass rusher, and that should continue um, because I really don't think there's a good answer like NFL teams have a really good answer for what he does because of his length, his ability to get low. It's just, it's really unique, but if he can round out hit the rest of his game, he'll become a really dynamic player. And and, and that's exciting. So uh, with Houston, the stats might actually stay or, and he can still get better because it can get, he can improve in his balance. And I think maybe that's what I meant by by closer to their ceiling than than mm-hmm. we expected. Because I think both players, I think you can probably expect a somewhat similar from last year, right? Like you expect Hutchinson to get better statistically, but like you said, 15, 16 sacks a year, maybe that's not exactly what his game yeah. is. Nine and a half is good for his rookie season. Maybe the expectation is maybe more like the 12, 13 as, mm-hmm. as maybe not his com- complete ceiling, but I think that's reasonable expectations for next year. And and I think you brought up a good point about James Houston being that like full three down edge player. If he can like carve out a role as a starter by the end of the year, which I'm not saying he will or should, that to me shows tremendous, tre- tremendous yeah. growth. Because right now he is kind of just that role player. Not not to say that's not a valuable role. Obviously it is. Eight sacks in in half a season is pretty damn impressive. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, if he can if he can you know learn to set the edge better, learn to run defend a little bit better. Um, my question is like, what is his ceiling there? Because it's easy to say, oh, just get better there. But physically mm-hmm. speaking, his body doesn't really necessarily tend to that sort mm-hmm. of game. So does he have to put on extra weight to do that? I, I don't think he does. I think I think we started to see hints of yeah. what he could do late in the season, specifically against Chicago. Um, you saw him drop off the ball a little bit more. And I think he can stay at his weight and get off the ball. And, and and that part of his game, if he can really settle that out, it can, he can be a really dynamic player in a lot of avenues because it expands the the sets that he can be in. It allows you to disguise more. But like I, I think he can stay at the weight he is and just just gain experience in in, in different uh, you know protections. That's fair. Um, all right, let's. Uh, I'm going to take a very similar question for a different person. Uh, Brendan on Twitter at Brendan999TS. Aside from continuing to limit turnovers, what's the quote next step in Goff's game that you would be most excited to see? Consistency, right? Sure. I mean, like, yeah. Each each of each year, he's had a a, a group of games that he's uh, struggled in, and 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 turnovers have kind of come with those struggles. Yeah. Um, but. It, it, for me, yeah, it's really consistency. I want to see passes uh, that aren't low when you're t- when he's tired or cold. I want to see uh, ball placement at the right spot. I want to see 
the, the turnovers, you know, continue to stay low. Uh, absent is even better, right? Sure. <laughs> but but low is great. Um, and just I, I don't want to see that lag, right? If he has a down couple of games, you know, I, I don't want to see that lag last like four or five games like that. That could be uh, very problematic. Yeah, I, I, this feels like a very fan answer to give because everyone just loves the long ball. But I think I think that's my answer is I want to see that mm. deep ball accuracy return. It's something that he was actually really, really good with in L.A. for like a two year span. And then it fell off a cliff. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that that was Sean McVay. I don't know if that was losing confidence in some of his his, his receivers. But listen, this is an, this is they really want this to be an explosive offense, right? They've added all these weapons not to be a grind. Like I know Dan Campbell kind of has this mentality or this this perceived mentality of like let's grind it out and get three four yards at a time. That's not what Ben Johnson wants. Like he wants no. an explosive offense. You get. Yeah. Someone like Jameer Gibbs, you get someone like Jamison Williams because you want big chunk plays. And we didn't see a ton of that in the passing game over the past two years, really. Like it started to come on a little bit at the end of last year. But obviously, a lot of this is going to rely on his chemistry with with Jamison Williams. And hopefully you'll have a whole offseason to to do that. Um, Obviously, you're not going to be able to do it for the first six games. But you have a guy like Marvin Jones who can catch deep balls and And I think part of the issue in the past has just been a trust issue, right? We've seen a lot of times Mm -hmm. him being afraid to just let it fly. And I don't know if that, again, I don't know if that's a comfort level issue with your, your players or just something that got built into him at some point where he, he became less inclined to take those shots, to take those risks, be a little bit more of a gunslinger. Um, and I know, I know some of that is going to come with turnovers. And we just talked about the importance of him avoiding those turnovers (laughs) and that that remains true, but there is a, a certain risk reward that, that I think he needs to be a little bit better about assessing. And I think there's going to be situations where it gets worked in yeah. um, like week 18 with Khalif Raymond, that right. 50 yard bomb, 49 yard bomb. Like that's, that's a situation where it was, it wasn't him just being, um, you know, aggressive. That was a plan design to, to get that open. Right. And, and so, you're, uh, but yes, going back, if you if you look at what he did when he had like Brandon Cooks on the team in L.A., like he was he was very productive with the deep ball back then. And so it would be nice to see that uh, return. Uh, sticking with the quarterbacks, we got a couple more quarterback questions here. Uh, Aaron Sturgill uh, on Twitter asks, does the emergency quarterback rule uh, that is now implemented as of this week uh, have to be so? to only have one quarterback on the active game day roster and then to gain an extra active player to gain an extra active player and then use the emergency on a second backup quarterback. I don't think the rules allowed that, right? Yeah. Yes. I think it was, it, it, it was very specifically outlines. It has to be a third emergency one, quarterback. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it had the, it's in the language that it yeah. had two two active guys have yes. to go down. Okay. Um, But I I bring this up, uh, this question up, because there has now been a lot of questions about the Lions backup and third quarterback situation. And part of that equation has been the the lingering issue with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Obviously, there's the report out there that that the Lions had an offer on the table for Teddy Bridgewater before the draft. Lions, of course, go out and draft Hendon Hooker. But that's a weird situation where we don't know if he's going to start on the NFI list or not. So uh, our friend Dan Pask asks us about Teddy. He says, is that something uh, you and Jeremy can talk about? Uh, it felt like 
uh, Teddy made it. We made Teddy a solid offer before the draft. Is Teddy's floor coming in now rather than after the summer break? Uh, going to make that big of a difference? Uh, what other teams might he be waiting on? So I guess the question in here is: One, do you think that they're waiting on? Do you think both sides are maybe just waiting till training camp because Teddy's a veteran? He doesn't need all this time in mandatory minicamp and, and OTAs, or do you think maybe this is a, a dead deal as soon as Hendon Hooker was drafted? I think the Hendon Hooker acquisition probably altered the Lions deal, right? I think the Lions probably had an offer out to him. And then when they got Hooker, they probably rescinded it and said, okay, now the price is going down. You know what I mean? Because I don't, I can't imagine that they would invest you know, 1.6 million in Sudfeld with 1 million guaranteed, then spend a third round pick on a guy and then still be in the market to spend significant money yeah. on Bridgewater as well. Um, I, I think if Bridgewater does come in, it's going to be at a discount. And so for him, that's, I don't think that's going to be appealing. I think he's going to be looking for the right situation. And that may mean waiting to see how things play out in training camps uh, around the league. But I can't imagine the Lions um, are still like, are, are waiting to add him for any reason. I think if if they were going to, it probably would have already happened. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I've kind of been of the belief with the way that the Brad Holmes has been talking up Nate Sudfeld that that's, that's their backup this year. Like, yeah. and I know, I know, I know Lions fans don't want to hear it. I know Ryan hates hearing it. Um, but I, I guess I can see a situation where it's like, I don't know, Nate Sudfeld stinks it up in OTAs and mandatory minicamp, and he's so bad that the line's like, we need to do something sure. here, and let's bring in Teddy Bridgewater. And then you walk into the regular season with maybe three quarterbacks. Maybe maybe it's him, Teddy, and, and Nate Sudfeld, and then you got Hooker on, on the NFI. Well, um, well let, let, let's make it clear. If Nate Sudfeld stinks it up in camp, He's gone. gone. Like yeah. they, they showed last year. If you can't cut it, you're, we'll yeah. wipe we'll wipe everybody out. We don't care, yeah. right? Like right. so, and maybe um, they've learned to do it earlier this year. Yeah, right? well, maybe right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I here's the thing, and and the thing that I want to reiterate is that I don't know what Nate Sudfeld looks like. Like I'm not going to judge who he is as a NFL quarterback based on like spot duty in the past three years for for the Eagles, right? We didn't get to see him at all during OTAs or, or training camp last year. We didn't really get to see him do anything in practice or during any games last year. So I'm willing to at least give him a shot to be like, okay, prove to me that you can be a legitimate backup. I'm not discounting him right out of the way just because no one seems to like him. <laughs> it's 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 a out of sight, out of mind type of thing. And that happens a lot in, sure. in sports when you don't see a guy because of injury or he just doesn't get on the field. Uh, his value gets discounted pretty quickly. Yeah, we'll see. Give All I'm saying is give him a shot. Give him a shot. Wait until you see if you hate him on the first day of training camp where it's open to fans, then you can say, all right, we got to get rid of him. Sign Teddy, sign Teddy, whatever. Give him a shot. All right. Yep. <laughs> um, before we go to break, let's fit one more in here from uh, Jeremy Giardi says, do you think with the offseason of getting both Gibbs and Campbell uh, being explosive on offense and physical on defense, won't that exhaust the defense if they get a lead? Do you think the Lions can pace the game when they play from in front? Yeah, I think, you know, that's part of why they want to be able to have a, a good running game and they're going to have backs 
beyond Gibbs, right? Yeah. Montgomery is designed to to you know help wear people down. Your whoever's your RB three uh, is going to help contribute in that in that aspect as well. And the Lions want to be able to get the get a lead and then control that, and, and that's part of their game plan. Again, I'm gonna I'm going right back to Week 18. You know, Kirby intercepts Aaron Rodgers, and then they just bleed the clock, yeah. and then they win, right? Like that's all that they needed to bleed it, and that's what and that's exactly they 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 did it with short little passes and stuff like that. But that's there's more than one way to skin a cat here. So yeah, they they are. Uh, I, I'm I'm confident that that's part of their game plan that they're going to want to be able to hold leads and slow the ball down when they want to. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think last year, they I think they were so-so at it, right? Towards the end of the year, they were better, for sure. And I think you, you look at some of those late game plays, whether it's the Panay catch and things like that. <laughs> I mean, those helped put the game away, right? Um, the, the the crazy little lateral that they pulled in Green Bay, all those kind of like little tweaks. Um, those aren't explosive plays, but they're really important ways to grind up the clock. So yeah, it's, it's obviously about the running game too, right? And that's something yep. where... I feel like they they weren't actually particularly great at like third and shorts, fourth and shorts. They were not great in power situations outside of the red zone. Obviously, all Jamal Williams touchdowns were they were pretty good once they got into the red zone. But those third and shorts, fourth and shorts, those were an issue. And and the coaching mm-hmm. staff said as much early in the season. It did get better, but those are the sort of things that really are are, are so key. And and something that maybe the lines didn't prove enough last year is like when everyone in the building knows you're going to run the ball. Can you still run the ball? And and I, I think you look at them improving their running backs. I think part of it is that. Like, obviously, sure. they wanted to bring Jamal Williams back. And I think sometimes people like the Lions went out here and they really wanted to upgrade Jamal and they really wanted to upgrade. Like, no, I th- they, they kind of wanted Jamal back. It just negotiating tactics, tactics right? And, and I'm not saying mm-hmm. that they didn't eventually upgrade with, with David Montgomery. I think they did. Um, but to go back to the overall philosophy, I, I do want to bring up a conversation that that I had with um, uh, Ben Johnson, because I, I remember there was one game where the Lions put together like a 14 minute drive that went eight minutes and they scored a touchdown. I asked him, like, do you like give yourself an extra pat on the back or everyone else a, a pat on the back for like a long sustained drive like that? Because it, it takes a lot out of a team on both sides of the team. It's very hard to sustain a drive that goes that long. And, and you know, really, but, you know, it, it's physically dominating. And he's like, no. I want to score quick. Yeah. I, I want explosive plays. Like I, I hate these kind of drives. I want to score quick. And so it is that balance of being able to hit those explosive plays, but when you need to, at the end of the game, being able to drive and, and bleed the clock like that. I, I do think the lines are built to do both right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they are. I look, I think if Ben could score 80, he would, I think that's, that's his mentality. I'm yeah, not even yeah. joking. And I guess that's yeah. the other part of it is like, maybe they don't need to pace the game. Maybe they would just rather get in a track meet. Maybe yeah, they'd rather I'd, be the next Kansas city chiefs and score 40 every week. And I'm sure they'd be fine with that. As long as the defense is only allowing 30. Right. That's, that's the key. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, let's take our first break. When we come back, more of your Lions questions here on the Midweek Mailbag. We will be right back.
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we are back here on the Midweek Mailbag, answering your questions here live on twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit. Be sure to join us. Follow us, download the Twitch app, uh, and follow us. That way you get notified every time we go live. You don't need to try to figure out what time we're going to go live. Your phone will tell you. It's very easy. Technology, right, Eric? I'm unfamiliar with this. (laughs) All right, let's get back to it. Uh, From Twitter here, T-Ref asks, considering our offense only has arguably one top 10 player, um, I'm assuming at their position, in uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, do you expect any other players to jump into that top 10, 15 category this year? Uh, throws out the names Hutchinson, Kirby Joseph, Aleem. Anyone in the top 10, do you think, at their position? Um, I don't think anybody's in the top 10 right now. Um, but I do think it's interesting that uh, I, I've I've had this question before, and, and my answer before was essentially because of how uh, positional lines are are laid out and how there's variance from team to team. Like you get like pro bowl voting, you get like edge players can include down linemen and off the ball and off in stand-up pass rushers. And so it's hard to really like draw the line on what you're considering top 10 at a position because positions are so um flexible. Yeah. Uh but I do think that Hutchinson has that potential to be in the conversation because of the fact that he is this dynamic player that does so many different things. Uh, But like we talked about in the first segment, he's not a guy who's going to be a 15 sack guy. So he's going to fly under the radar of some of the talking heads that only look at at the stat sheet, right? The box scores. Uh, But when you look at like, what players and coaches want he this 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 you know very balanced skill set to be able to do all these different things is something that i think you know uh players would look at him and say yeah he could be in the top 10 uh at at, at his position i made the argument i've made an argument that like aleem mcneil if you consider him a nose tackle would be a top 10 nose tackle, but since he plays more three technique, he's probably not in the three technique conversation. And so it gets a little tricky. Um, when you're looking at these guys, I do think Gardner Johnson's a top 10 nickel. I think Hutchinson can be for what he is in that conversation. You could make the argument for a lean. Um, we'll see where cam Sutton goes, but again, 
with two outside corners on 32 teams, that's that's a lot of guys to sift through to be in the top 10. So yeah. uh, we'll see where he goes, especially when his game isn't like shut down. It's it's uh it's more you know cerebral and uh, in nature. So it's 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 an interesting question, uh, but it's a hard question to answer. Yeah, I, I, the only the only other name I, I think I could throw out there is Kirby Joseph, and I think. I think we're far away from from anointing him as a as a pro bowl all pro. Like obviously there's a little bit of recency bias, I think, with him. Like sure. he ended he ended uh Aaron Rodgers' Packers career and really should have picked him off what five times last year. <clears throat> but there was a lot of there was a lot of growing pains in in between all the interceptions that he did have. Um sure. I do think he's going to look better because he's going to have a better surrounding cast, right? Like yes. if if people are throwing it away from other players. That means he's going to get more opportunities to make play on a ball. Um, but I do find it interesting that Lewis Riddick was like really high on him. I don't know if you mm-hmm. remember or if you read or if you watched that entire clip, but he, yeah. he, he, I think he said this guy, yeah, he said, quote, this guy's going to be a pro bowler or an all pro this year. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Like, listen, I, I, I do think we're kind of in an era right now where there isn't like a, a, top tier like no doubt this is the best safety in the league right now i think i think like that is a little bit of maybe i'm missing out on someone but i I don't know like harrison smith is kind of past his prime at this point maybe maybe there's an opportunity to be a top 10 safety in this league because i i can't off the top of my head think like oh these are the best safeties for sure right now i just don't know kirby joseph is that close yet well, and the tricky part again is that most of the really, really good safeties are in that hybrid safety corner role, right? Yeah. And so yep. it's where do you slot them in, right? And that's that's the thing. So that's why I say it's hard to kind of project like top tens because yeah. is Minka Fitzpatrick a safety or is he a nickel, right? Is Gardner Johnson does even though he's a nickel, people are still going to look at him as like as a safety because right. of his history. So and so. It's 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 hard to answer, but you know, I think we pointed to the guys that we think have the that if you know when the Pro Bowl voting comes out, right? Those are the guys that are going to be on that list of guys that are probably getting Pro Bowl votes. And Jack Campbell. Um, all right, let's move uh, to a couple questions here about Jamison Williams. A little um, about both. Uh, another one here from from T Ref uh, asks. In the preseason, do you expect our entire secondary to play a lot? And do you also expect JMO to play in the preseason? Let's start with the secondary first. Um, how much do you think that starting secondary is going to get play in training camp? And I think I think part of this equation, too, is the two joint practices, right? They're going to sure. get plenty of looks from the starters in those first Tons. two Yeah. In, in the first two weeks of, of the preseason. Yeah. Would not surprise me to see the secondary not get a ton of looks as a collective group because they're veterans um, and there's going to be a competition for some of those, those spots behind them. Um, It, most of the work and most of the chemistry is going to be built in the practices and joint practices. They treat those joint practices like the like those are the actual games yeah. as opposed to the game itself right and so with joint practices for the first two games um it wouldn't be surprising to see the veterans actually get rest during those first couple of games across the board yeah. not just second but everywhere yep. and then come game 3 that's when you're you're letting your your bat- bottom guys battle it out anyways and so it 
they might we might not see a lot of veterans the at starters. all this preseason it's really just yeah. starters right like right yeah. and the other thing to keep in mind is they're they're changing the the cut rule back too so all of your team you can carry all 90 Six. guys into that third preseason game right yes it's going to be that's going to be a big a big ordeal for us, but, but I know, my point. Yeah. My point being that you're going to have all 90 guys on your roster yeah. at that point, so you might still be figuring out though. Like yeah. you might use that entire game, like you said, to figure out guys number 40 through. You know, if you include the the practice squad, guys from 40 to 65 on your roster, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with JMO though, I think it's different. Oh yeah, I think they're going to run him in the ground if they can. Yeah. Right in the preseason, yeah. yes. Like I, I, there's yeah. no reason to hold back because he need. First of all, he needs the reps, and I know, like we just said, yeah. he's going to get a ton of those reps in, uh, in those joint practices. But if if the starters aren't playing in your preseason games, well, then why not give JMO the opportunity? Like even even if he gets an ankle sprain, he's got six months to, to you know. Figured out six, six, six weeks. weeks. Sorry. Um, you got, you gave me a little, my heart sorry, skipped. Sorry. Just a little, just a little. Just you guys little. didn't hear about the new suspension that they gave on him? <laughs> oh, six months. Uh, no, um, but yeah, no, I, I see like, I see no reason to give him a lot of like play, play the first half of each preseason game. Yeah. Why not? Especially at home. Sure. Fans are going to be waiting for him. Right. right. Yeah. Um, all right, next question on JMO <clears throat> um, from Anil Mahajan uh, asks, after JMO returns from his suspension, do you think the Lions will start him right away? With our team trying to be, build the right culture filled with the best leaders, I just don't see him getting starting reps after the gambling incident and his maturity issues. Well, they seem pretty confident with his maturity level. Like They seem to believe that he understands the error and, 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 and I mean, maybe that's just surface talking, but um, it seems publicly, they seem, they seem unaffected by it. I mean, we haven't heard anything otherwise either behind the scenes, or at least I haven't. Right. Um, So I think like any young player, he's, going to have to earn his reps at the same time i think he's just more talented than the guys they have right and eventually he's going to just he's just going to get in there like the lions run a very slow acclimation pace like they just do and it and so is he going to start day one off of suspension no i would be stunned if he if he was the starter right up day one but a couple weeks later, yeah, I, I think he could get into that starting spot. There's a couple things to that you have to keep in mind here. One is that he'll have that kind of ramp up period that they're allowing yes. him after three weeks, right? He'll three weeks Correct. off, then three weeks he can be inside the building. But I don't believe he can practice with the team still. It's more of a like conditioning, get your body ready type of thing. Is that I, I don't I, I don't recall if it's. Yeah, I don't recall if he can practice or not. I have to. Yeah. I, I don't I, think he can, but I, I'll, I'd have yeah. to double check that too. I think it's more of a like you're in the building, you can start ramping right. up your body and, so that you're not coming in cold after six weeks. Correct. Um, the other so thing he's is he's like, really going to miss, he's really missing the first three weeks of the season plus like the week and a half 
after cutdowns, right? right? So it's really like about a month that he's missing. Yeah. And so that ramp up period should be a little bit shorter. Like once he's Mm -hmm. active on the team, I don't, I don't think it's going to be long. Like, I think it might be a week where he's technically not a starter because I, I I get what, what Anil is trying to say here. Like, Mm -hmm. this is a bad look for the culture just to throw him in there after all that is, is disrespectful to the people who worked hard. But to me, that's what the suspension is. Like, there's no reason right. to add a punishment to the punishment. He is already getting punished by missing six games. The Lions don't need to punish themselves by punishing, by saying, you know what? Yeah. We still don't like what you did. We're going to punish you and limit your snaps. For, like, it, if they're going to limit him when he, the suspension is over, it's because of what you said. He needs to get back in rhythm yep. with Jared Goff. He needs to get back up to speed and 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 get a, a game feel, practice feel, all that sort of stuff. I just don't, I don't expect that to last long. I, I really don't. Yeah, There's, I mean, like, you're, they're going to be eager saying, too, right? Like, sure. I'm sure they're like, you know, Lions fans are starved to see this guy. What do you think Dan Campbell is? What do you think Ben Johnson is? They don't want to wait. Yeah, Brad Holmes too. You know, he wants to show there's a reason why he traded up for him, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, look, it. You're saying two game after one game. I'm saying after two. So I mean, we're we're in the same ballpark, right? Um, all right. Next question here from K Dog uh, Cooster Carl on Twitter says, since there's not been an open AT- OTA to press yet, it's officially slow season. So here you go, Eric. A special oh. teams question handed to you on a platter. Uh-oh. Who are your projected players fighting for special teams roles, specifically Gunners, personal oh, protector, boy. and they put kicker slash fair catcher in quotations. <laughs> <laughs> kicker slash um, fair catcher. <sighs> Do you want to break okay. the news that I I broke to you behind the scenes, Eric, about personal protection? Sure. With your sleuthing, yeah. Um. So Jeremy, uh, let, let let me set the table. Jeremy did a little sleuthing. Uh, found out who was taking the personal protector reps. Uh, then asked me who I thought was taking those reps, and my guess was that it was uh, Will Harris. Because Will Harris had done it before when yeah. CJ uh, Moore was not available. So I went back to to uh, Will Harris as my guess. Turns out I was uh, adjacent to Wright. Uh, and it wasn't Will Harris. But it was kind of the same role. Yeah. And, and, and it was Brian Branch. And and that makes that makes a world of sense. Yep. Um, he is well, he's going to be one of the smartest guys there. He's going to understand block protections. He's a guy that you're looking to get on the field for snaps and you are going to, he has kick return experience. So if you do want to fake snap to him, he understands how to navigate with the football in his hands. And so there's just a boatload of things that, that point towards branch uh, and he's going to make the roster, right? I mean, like, right. it, there's no question. He's making the roster. Yep. So it's it's a great decision. Now, he doesn't have CJ's four speed, four speed right? Yeah. Four, three, eight speed or whatever he had. But he is wildly intelligent and savvy. And there's just so much to like. So you can fake it to him and do everything that you do with CJ. You just might not get that, like 
holy cow, look at him go type of you right. know thing. It's just it going to be a, like a 10 oh, yard look, gain on got a first down instead of a 25 right. yard gain. Right. Still good. Still <laughs> yeah. good stuff. Still- <laughs> and um, so, yes, branch makes a ton of sense. And in all honesty, I don't know how anybody can bump him off that. I, I don't know. I don't know who I have that I could bring out and say, well, this guy could have a shot. I don't, Will Harris was the guy they went to before, and he was not very good at it. Yeah. Okay. And 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 so Branch, it just makes a ton of sense. Now, Gunner, this is wide open, like wide open, right? <laughs> um, Chase Lucas is going to be in that conversation. Um, Starling Thomas is going to be in that conversation. Uh, if Jerry doesn't start, Jerry's going to be in that conversation. Yep. He did it a lot um, last year, right? He did. He did. If Trinity Benson is going to make the team, it might be as a starting gunner. If Maurice Alexander is going to make the team, it might be as a starting gunner. Tom Kennedy. Antoine Green. Antoine, oh, sorry. Antoine <laughs> Green is going to be in the mix for a starting gunner, right? So, like, you're going to have – there's. I, I, I'm anticipating – it's Savion yeah. Smith. Savion Smith is going to sure. be in the – Ify Melifonwu is going to be in that conversation. You've got about seven guys that are all going to have like legitimate shots at being a gunner. And all of them are kind of right on that fringe. I'm leaning a little bit more defense because I think there's more talent of on these defensive guys. Yeah. Uh, but if Antoine Green is wide receiver six and starting gunner, super. Yeah. I'm I'm happy with that. You know yeah, what I mean, right? And um, they're gonna, they're they're gonna maybe have an extra spot at wide receiver with the JMO suspension, so that maybe that they they test that out for the first couple of weeks of the season. If exactly, like one of those guys. Um, kick returner, fair catcher. Um, <laughs> well, last year's fair catcher is no longer on the roster, right? right? So they're going to be looking Jackson. for someone new, Justin Jackson. They're going to be looking for someone new. They've tried Craig Reynolds there. So maybe they try him again and they're interested. They probably will. Um, maybe this is another Brian Branch role because Branches, again, has done it before. Yep. Maybe because they're not scared to put their first rounders uh, back on, on uh, special oh teams boy. units. Jameer it's, Gibbs? It could be a Jameer Gibbs uh, type of thing. Uh it's this is a lot harder to say. Yeah. But Greg Bell, Jamar Jefferson, Greg Reynolds, all those backup running backs should be in the conversation. And then all the offensive players that I just mentioned as gunners, yeah, like Trinity Benson, Antoine and Green. Alexander, even Antoine Green. Yeah. They should all be in that conversation as potential gunners. Again, not Tom Kennedy, I'm sorry. Um, but catching strays today. <laughs> Starling Thomas could be in this conversation uh, because again, when like, and like I said, because branch has a returning experience, Starling Thomas has returning experience. Yeah. So like if Starling Thomas is your starting kick returner and gunner super, that's sure. I'm happy with that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so, and because he's, that's, he's got four three speed. You know what I mean? Like sure. he can run. He can wave his so, arm very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but like, I really think it's going to be like, 
the way that they've looked at it la- the last couple of like years, they they've really looked at like offensive players yeah. for the for, for those returner roles because they're it's natural for the returners, the offensive players to catch the ball. And then it's natural for the defensive players to tackle. And that's why they end up in those, those gutter roles. And so um, I'm kind of leaning that way, but there's a lot of guys that they have to entertain. Yeah. And um, the gunner, the gunner battle for me, that's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch that. You're such a nerd. Oh man, <laughs> come on now. It's so look, it, it's not just running down the field. It's being able to beat the block, stay in bounds, navigate, take the right angles. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a symphony to watch. If, if the media, if, if practice is open to the media and Eric yeah. isn't there to watch special team drills, <laughs> are they actually happening? No, they don't. <laughs> they don't. All right. That's enough special teams talk for me. And I think it's time for us to close things down. As always, if you want more questions answered, join us live on twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit. We spend plenty of time off air answering questions from our live audience, but until next time for Eric, I'm Jeremy. Thank you for joining us for the midweek mailbag. We will have a first bite talking about Colby Sorsdal live this Friday. 5.30 p.m. Eastern right here on twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit. It'll be up on the podcast feed hopefully Saturday. But until then, it's chaos. Be kind.